going to dismiss the children at this time. You're free to go and have a class planned just for you. We live in a, a fallen world. We live in a time with unprecedented disease and illness. An ever-escalating arena of poverty. Perversion of every type. Sin. And aggressive rejection of biblical moral values. Divorce is on a decline. People say, how is that possible? Well, the only reason that divorce is on a decline is that we have a generation of people who have begun to reject marriage. And they choose rather to live together and not marry and not commit. And and that's folks of all ages, not just the next generation or younger people. Less than 15% of people say that they work at a place where they are happy with their job and that they would not change anything about their work. At the same time, 70% of the workforce, think about this number, 70% of the workforce are actively looking for their next job every day. Drug and alcohol addiction cost America $740 billion annually in lost work productivity, health care, and criminal costs. There are talks about the collapse and the devaluation of the dollar our banking system, and our monetary values. It is safe to say when we look at these statistics and numbers that we live in a generally unhappy, unfulfilled, and dissatisfied time. People are discouraged. People are unhappy with the things that are going on in their lives. And the problem is they are searching for purpose. They are looking for meaning. And the answer to the age-old question, why am I here? What is this all about? What am I supposed to do in life? Many of them because they have given up on God's Word and their faith in Him and His Word are searching for the answer to meaning and purpose and fulfillment in life in all the wrong places. And the sad thing is, the places they are looking will never satisfy, will never give them true purpose, true meaning, true fulfillment in their life. But they keep looking and they keep searching 
and they keep wondering, how can I find out what this life is supposed to be all about for me? What I want to share with you today is that when Jesus went to the cross and He died for all of mankind, He settled these questions and gave us the answer. Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Listen to what God's Word says. Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. For in Him all things were created, things in heaven and things on earth. Pause for just a moment. Everything that was created in heaven and on earth, everything created was created in Him. Visible and invisible. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through Him, listen to this, and for Him. Every creation, which includes you and I and every human being that have ever walked on the face of this earth or will walk on the face of this earth, have been created through Him and for Him. There's purpose. There's meaning to life. I have been created for Him. That's my purpose. That's the meaning in life. He is before all things, and listen to this, this is so powerful, and in Him, all things hold together. If you want meaning, if you want purpose, if, if you want to life to be fulfilled, it says in God's Word, everything is held together in Him. He is the one who supplies that which holds life together, gives it purpose, gives it meaning, gives it fulfillment, and gives it direction. The epic story of the cross is what this is all about. Jesus, in full obedience to the Father, gave His life in a substitutionary death on the cross that in Him, all things, in your life and in my life and in every life, all things might be held together and have purpose and meaning in life. I want you to turn with me to the Gospel of Luke chapter 23. And in Luke chapter 23 is the story of Jesus coming to the cross. It's not easy to read. It can be difficult to understand. But when Jesus went to the cruel and brutal Roman cross, He accomplished the only means by which all people of all time can find true purpose and meaning in life. Listen to this as we read it together, beginning in verse 32. And two others also, who were criminals, were being led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place called the skull, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on the right and the other on the left. But Jesus was saying, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots, dividing up his garments among themselves. 
And the people stood by looking on, and even the rulers were sneering at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if this is the Christ of God, his chosen one. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming up to him, offering him sour wine, and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Now there was also an inscription above him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there was hurling abuse at him, saying, Are you not the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other answered, rebuking him, said, Do you not even fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we are receiving what we deserve for our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. And he was saying, Jesus... Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said to him, Truly I say to you today, you shall be with me in paradise. It was now about the sixth hour. Darkness fell over the whole land until the ninth hour. The sun being obscured and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice and said, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And having said this, he breathed his last. It's a hard passage to read. Seeing and understanding all that Jesus went through on my behalf. All that he endured for me in order to to give purpose and meaning to my life. And I want us to consider that passage of Scripture today and those events as as they unfold. In John chapter 14 and verse 6, Jesus answered and said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I want you to think about those 19 words. That we just uttered. In relationship to the events in Luke the 23rd chapter. And begin to understand the answer to all of life's questions of meaning and purpose. Jesus said, I am the way. Does my life have meaning? Does my life have purpose? Jesus said, if you want your life to have meaning and purpose, then understand I'm the pathway to that. I am the way. If you will follow me, the path that you follow, the direction that you go, is a a direction that has meaning, a direction that has purpose, a, a direction that has value in life. I am the way. He said, listen, if you're struggling, if you're discouraged, if you're depressed, if you don't know what your purpose is, you don't know what your meaning is, you don't know what direction to take in life and where you should go next, he says, follow me. I'm the way. I'm the direction you need to go. I'm the path that you need to take. I'm the one that holds all things together. And so follow me. I am the way. The next thing he said is, I am the truth. That's a powerful thought. In a world in which we live that there is so much deception, there is so much lying, there is so much manipulation... People telling you this thing and that thing and another thing and and this and, and follow that and do this and don't do that. And all of these things 
We know that there's deception. We know that there's lie. We know that there's misdirection. And Jesus said, I'm the truth. And the truth of this, there is no misdirection. There is, is no misleading. There, there are no deceptions. It's the truth, and it's real truth. And that truth brings meaning and purpose to life because I can found everything that I live on that truth. I can establish there and know that it's never going to change. It's not going to be this thing today and something else tomorrow and something else a week from now. It's the truth that will always be the truth, that has always been the truth, and will always be the truth for our lives. And he said, in that you can have purpose, in that you can have meaning and direction for your life, because I am the truth. Follow that, he says. Commit to that. And then he said this, think about it. We're asking the question, what's the purpose in life? What's the meaning in life? And Jesus says what? I am the way, I am the truth, and what? I am life. He is the very life that we live itself. And without Him, there is no life. Without Him, we are lost. There is no hope. There is no future. He is what life is all about. And He says, if you will follow the direction, I am the way. If you will listen to the truth, I am the truth. If you will live your life, I am life. He is the avenue of the ultimate goal for us to be fulfilled in our life, and that is to come to the Father. All things have been created, what? By Him and for Him. For Him. I'm created for Him. And if I want to have purpose in life, I want to have meaning in life, I want to be fulfilled in life, He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then what does He say? No one comes to the Father except through me. He says, I want you to understand I am the avenue that brings you back into the presence of the Father that allows you to live life with purpose and meaning and fulfillment. And without me, you can never do that. Without me, he said, that is impossible. Because being in a right relationship with with the Father brings meaning and purpose to our lives. Because Jesus died, there are several truths that we can hold to today that give life purpose and meaning. The first one is this. My sins can be forgiven. Without the death of Jesus, that is impossible. Without the death of Jesus, that cannot and will not happen. My sins can be forgiven. Acts chapter 2, verses 37 and 38. It's what we refer to as the day of Pentecost. And the gospel message is being preached. And the people come to to verse 37, and it says they were pierced to their heart. In other words, they were convicted and they were convinced of the message. And their question is this, then what do we do about this? We are convicted that we are sinners. We are convinced of the gospel message that you're preaching. How do we respond to that? What do we do? And what did he say? Repent and let each of you be baptized. What did he say? For the forgiveness of your sins. My sins can be forgiven. Everything wrong that I have ever done or will do in my life can be forgiven. It can be wiped away and washed away and I do not have to worry about it because of the forgiveness that comes through Jesus Christ. And it only happens through Jesus' death. 
through his substitutionary death that he took my place and paid the penalty for my sins, the cost of my sins in his death on the cross so that I could be redeemed to the Father. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins. We drop down a little bit later in in uh, Acts chapter 3, verses 17 and 19, and he talks again about the purpose of forgiveness of sins through the death of Jesus. We need to understand that because Jesus died, my sins can be forgiven, and because my sins can be forgiven, I have purpose in life. I have meaning in life. I have hope in life that I cannot have without the death of Jesus and the acceptance of that death. And he says, listen, I am the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. No one, no one, you cannot come to the Father except through Jesus Christ and the death that he died on the cross so that my sins can be forgiven. The second thing is this, because he died my, prayer, my prayers can be heard and can be answered. We prayed this morning together as a congregation out of Matthew chapter 6. The prayer that Jesus taught the disciples to pray. It's a model prayer. It gives us the elements of prayer and the purpose of prayer and the fulfillment of prayer in our life. And we shared that together and we can go and read those words that he instructed them when you pray, pray in this manner. Pray, pray following this design that I'm giving to you today. And as he gave them that instruction, then we can drop down to chapter 7, following Matthew chapter 6, where we receive the model prayer that the Lord gave us. And then he says this, If you ask, you will be given. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, the door will be open. What did he say? He said, your prayers will be heard and your prayers will be answered. For he that asks will receive, and he that seeks will find, and he that knocks the door will be open. And then he concludes that thought with this. If we as fathers know how to give our children good things in life, the Father, the Father desires to give to us that which is good. He desires to give that which is good to those who what? Ask. Have to pray. But he says, because of the death of Jesus... He has become the, our advocate. He has become the propitiation for our sins, the one who stood in the gap and satisfied the need for death because of the sin in our life. And because of that, we can now come to the Father and we can lift our voices and we can ask and seek and knock. And He says, He's going to respond. My life has purpose. If I... If I need to know about purpose and meaning in my life and direction in my life, I have a direct avenue to the creator of the universe who in him all things are held together. In him we have been created for him. And he says, you just come to me and talk to me. And I'll answer your prayer. I'll give you that direction. I'll give you purpose. I'll give you meaning. I'll give you hope. But we have to have communication. You have to come and offer your prayers. And he said, the Father already knows what our needs are before we ever utter a word. But he still calls us to communicate with him. He still instructs us that we are to come to him and ask and seek and knock. 
that we're to, to look for His direction in our life, that we're to act, and He already knows. He already knows what those needs are, and He already knows how to meet those needs. But He says, your prayers can be answered. They can be heard, and they can be answered. Why? Because of Jesus' death on the cross is why. Without His death, our prayers could not be heard. Our prayers could not be answered because His death removed the barrier that separated us from the Heavenly Father. Third and final thing is this. Because of Jesus' death on the cross, my name is recorded and my place is secure. My name is recorded and my place is secure. Revelations chapter 13 and chapter 20 give us a vivid picture of the book of life and our name being written in the book of life. Of our name being recorded there, your name and my name written down in the book of life. That when we come to the point that we face in our life the day of reckoning, that in the book of life He will look and find our name recorded there that we might have hope of eternity in the kingdom of heaven. And why do I know that, that I have that hope? John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6. Jesus said what? I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you unto myself, that where I am, you might be also. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to do that, I give you my word. I'm coming back to receive you. And when I receive you, you are going to go where I have been preparing a place for you. My name is recorded and my place is secure. I have been created for him. And he holds all things together in life. And he says, I am preparing for you a place that you can come and be with me for eternity. My life has purpose. My life has meaning. My life has hope. I know the direction that I'm going because of God's Word. And the struggle in our world is that people in our world are turning away from the one thing that can give them purpose and meaning and hope in life and fulfillment in life, and that is through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And because we are turning away from the Word and because we are rejecting His truth, people are lost. People are wondering. People are are searching. They're looking for purpose. They're looking for meaning. They're looking for the answer to the question, why am I here? And because they're not looking into God's Word and the truth of God's Word, and because we're not sharing that message openly with the lost world, they're looking in all the wrong places. They're searching for purpose and meaning and hope and fulfillment in places that will never be able to meet their needs. I want to go back to Luke chapter 23 for just a moment. And I want to talk about that thief on the cross. If you look in the other Gospels, I think it's very interesting. The other Gospels record that both thieves were hurling abuse at Jesus. We oftentimes think, oh, there was the one good one and the one bad one. No, no. Scripture says they were both 
hurling abuse. They were both agreeing with the religious leaders and the people who wagged their heads and challenged him. If you really are who you say you are, come down off the cross. They were both doing that. I can't wait for the day to find that thief and ask him how that all played out. can't wait for the day to, to say, hey, listen, you... You were hurling abuse just like your buddy. What changed for you? What made the difference? How how did that all play out for you? I, I mean, think about it for a moment. Can you imagine this thief when he shows up at the kingdom of heaven and the angel meets him and the angel says, Hey, hey, what are you doing here? And the thief looks back and says, I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Well, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing here. And he says, well, well, you have to know what you're doing here. No, I I don't know what I'm doing here. Let me get my supervisor. The angel goes and and gets the the angel admittance supervisor. Okay, I'm embellishing a little bit, right? Supervisor comes and goes, well, listen, listen, we're glad you're here. Just have a few questions to clarify before we can process you and and accept you, okay? So first one is this. Are you clear uh, on the doctrine of justification by faith? The thief goes, never heard of it. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. What what do you mean never heard of it? Let's just start with the basics. Are you clear on the doctrines of Scripture? Well, no. Nope, I'm not clear on that. In fact, I'm not even familiar with that at all. And the angel supervisor says, well, well, what about church membership? Well, what about the theology of of communion? Or or, or what about baptism? You you know about those things, right? No, no, I don't. He says, "Then, then why are you here? And the sea says, because the man on the middle cross said I could be. That's a powerful thought. The man on the middle cross said I could be. And you think about that for just a moment. And that is the truth of God's Word. Not one of us. Not one single person who has ever breathed the breath of life on this earth, can be in the kingdom of heaven for all eternity unless it is through the man on the middle cross who died for our sins, who gave his life in my place. The cross and the death of Christ gives purpose and meaning and fulfillment to life. Because the man on the middle cross said, I could. I could come and be a part of his kingdom. Well, this morning we're going to offer an invitation to him.